Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. How long you've been ranting and raving about wanting to change the opening, but this, 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 this listen, things need to happen, man. I know, I know we all love the zombie apocalypse question. I know we all get a big kick out of me losing my again and saying Dave smells like nougat, but it, look, find a replacement. Find a replacement. Find me going eight about Ted Gregory for Christ's sake. There's countless examples of me losing my mind, either laughing or yelling. There's examples of Dave losing his mind, of Andrew losing his mind. Hello, is that? Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Um, tonight, Andrew, it's just me and you, but uh, before we start, we always need to remind the folks that we are sponsored by our, flen- <clears throat> our friends at TickSplits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticket providers that sneak in extra fees and unexpected service charges, at Tick Splits, the price you see is the price you pay. If you want your favorite player to get in his licks, maybe it's Hakeem Nicks, Akeem Hicks, or HaHa Clinton Dicks, go to Tick Splits and enter the code armchair at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket package. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com, promo code armchair, Tick Blitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. Was I a two or four for that one? Oh my god, that was bad. It gets bo- you would think after mo- um, like four weeks of doing this ad that I would get better, but I am like the Jean Baptiste of ads. I just I ne- I'm never getting any better, and it's just gonna keep on. Oh, so so good. So no Kevin tonight. Uh, Dave is at dinner or a Mardi Gras parade or something. So it's just Andrew, me, the cat, and yelling at the TV in the background. So, Andrew, we have not much Saints news to talk about. The only Saints news to talk about is the Saints discovered that Kurt Coleman is still alive and on their team. So they cut him. He played... Three more plays in the playoffs than me and you combined. I, I was shocked to hear that stat. I, I would have thought it was more. I mean, I knew he was phased out, but I didn't realize it was three snaps. I mean, they phased his ass out like fucking Milton in the office, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know? <laughs> moved into storage B. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, like. Uh, uh, what about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. I mean. Kirk Coleman, in all seriousness, like we talked about it on the podcast this morning that if you are, if you donate $7 a month, you get the daily seven minutes of Saints. You'd have heard it. You might, you may have already heard it. 
Uh, but if you're not a subscriber and pay $7 a month, you should because you get four extra week daily, you get a daily podcast four extra times a week. You should do it. Do it now. Uh, but so, Andrew, like, it was like the Saints' biggest bust of the year. But I think the oh. point that you made in our morning show is like, that's pretty awesome when your biggest free agent bust of the year, like, doesn't even affect a goddamn thing. Yeah, I mean, it really was the biggest bust of the off season was Kurt Coleman. And, you know, really they grossly overpaid for him. And then, you know, the safety market just kind of collapsed after they signed him. And then you look at, you know, there's a flip side of the coin, which is that Von Bill, I thought had a very good season. Um, and so they, there wasn't really a need for him. So, you know, part of it was maybe him being a bust, but part of it's also a guy, maybe you weren't counting on as much, really the lights coming on. No, I mean, it. it look, the safety market it collapsed like a fucking internet stock in the 90s, man. Like, it, it collapsed faster than Netscape, you know? Um, but the thing is... Napster. With, oh, man, a lime wire. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days where you're, you're downloading illegal nine-inch nails and pornography simultaneously to your computer and you're getting songs and porn and spyware out the yin-yang and a... And a a virus that turns your monitor pink, man. Kids, you missed out in the early aughts. Those were the good days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think this, the the thing with the Saints is, like you said, that they 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 wanted to hedge on Von Bell because his second year, you know, it wasn't. You know, he didn't make that progress like a lot of players, right? You know, a lot of times we think, oh, a player did X his first year. And he did X, so he'll do he'll he'll increase he'll get better in his second year. But but a player's progression it's not always like a straight line up to their peak. Sometimes it's like up 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 down up. And Von Bell is kind of you know he's kind of all over the place a little bit. And the Saints wanted to hedge their bets, and um, their 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 pathway recently is they love fucking players from the NFC South. And Kirk Coleman fit the bill. Um, but he was a guy. I mean, did he? Can you remember him doing anything? Like, can, what's his no. highlight as a saint? Like, he, I none. I can't remember him doing a fucking thing. I mean, at least like C.J. Spiller, who was a bust. Like he had the touchdown in overtime against Dallas. Like Brandon Browner was tackling Saints dudes for friendly fire. You know, um, like even like horrible busts. Like like. I feel Jared's like Brandon Bur- Browner had a pick, didn't he? Yeah, Jarris Bird had. He had the uh, two pick game against uh, the Bucks, right? Yeah, and he had the fumble recovery, a, a big, uh, a big. He had a he had a fumble recovery and a big play against the, when they had the comeback in Seattle, and he had the Benny Hill interception where it like hit him in the face mask, and the Tennessee dude caught it and ran for a touchdown. Um, but like Kurt Coleman, like I have, I don't even have like bad memories of him. Like I have, I can't even hate the dude. Like he wasn't even. Like the Saints just phased him out, and you can't you can't even be like he was fucking terrible. Like it was he, just he like was a, he was a total non-factor. You know, yeah, it's like he they, actually they, he actually reminded me a lot of um, Roman Harper's second tour of duty. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good description. Although like I he was kind of the perfect replacement for you know the the Roman Harper part two. It was like didn't, it, Roman Harper only cost like the Saints like minimum, though, right? They didn't pay Roman Harper six million. That's true. Did they? 
That's true. And also, true. didn't Roman Harper like they had so many injuries, like he had to play, and we, yes. and, we and people got mad at him all over again. They were like, "Oh, he's old. He's terrible. He's he's he still does all the things that we didn't like about him, and now he's old and does them worse." Can we stop signing safeties that <laughs> Carolina gets rid of now? Yeah, that'd be. Uh, well, did they, I think they just cut Captain Mutterlin. So no, let's not go there. Um. Especially since that's the guy that the Saints go after every time they play Carolina. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the biggest – we were going to have Kevin on tonight, and he was going to interrupt me. And Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Say, when can we start making fun of Robert Kraft for getting a happy ending? <laughs> and, here, and here's the thing, man. When we do, like, show prep, uh, like, during, we have, like, a group text and we're tuning in. Man, Dave was all about the Robert Kraft story. He was, tech, he was texting stories and highlighting stuff and circling it. Like... Robert well, Kraft. I can't believe I can't believe it was the game day of the game. Game day, and he's in, and he's it, in Florida. It was game day. He went to the massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida. That's in a fucking strip mall, and he checked in at bucks. eleven. Hundred bucks. Got the rub and tug for a hundred bucks, and was out by eleven fifteen. I mean. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this, but I'm going to start here. That dude is worth over – that dude combined is worth like $4 billion. Don't billionaires have a super secret uh, escort service they can use? You would think they have a bat phone for the escort service. Yeah. Like, I mean – I, I, like, like the, the thing that he went to is terrible because it involved sex trafficking, which is women and underage girls possibly having doing sex against their will, which is just terrible. But the thing is, like, he's a billionaire. Like, you would think he'd be like, call, like he'd have a fixer or something, like Ray Donovan or something, like a guy, like a guy who could like get him like a prostitute or something. And it could be like ten grand a night or something. Like, I don't know. He's worth fucking four billion billion. I mean, Jerry Jones probably called him up and was like, "What the fuck are you doing, buddy?" He's like, "Hey, bro, you need some numbers." <laughs> <laughs> you need a, I know a, I know a guy. Come to Fort Worth. We'll get you taken care of. You know? I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, it's great because... I, I just can't believe, like, he's doing that for 100 bucks. I, I mean, like... you, you, could, you could go to Vegas that morning, still make it to Kansas City in time, 
spend twenty five hundred bucks on like a primo escort, and then you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Yeah, like it's like what are you do- like? It's like why is he why is he skimping in Jupiter, Florida, spending a hundred bucks? Yeah, like that's like I don't even know like I don't even know like that what what that would be the equivalent of like I guess that would be like the equivalent of 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 me and you going to like I don't even know like. The, the shady parts of New Orleans. I don't want to name streets because people yeah, like yeah, live please. on people, people like might live on the streets and and be and be a paid uh, patron. I don't want to offend anybody, but people in New Orleans know the areas where you go to get hookers of your choice, and it's like twenty dollars. They get in the car, and give you a handy, right? Like that's the equivalent of what Kraft did, man. I like I it it, it boggles my mind. Oh no, it's worse than that. Twenty bucks for us that is not one hundred bucks for him. It's worse. It's, it's like work. It's like a dollar, fifty. Yeah, it's like a dollar. It's like a dollar. <laughs> you get what you pay for, man. I mean, I although, like... although, although the dude's seventy-seven and he was out of there in fifteen minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a hundred bucks well spent if you think about it that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, you think like. He couldn't have him come over to the house. Like he had to go there. They <laughs> they, they pulled him up in the suburban. Like, and the thing is, yeah, he's like, not married. He doesn't. His wife's been dead for ten years, right? Yeah, but he has a girlfriend. I thought maybe mm. not. I, I mean, I don't know, man. But he's worth four four B. I'll tell you one thing: the Saints owner would never get caught doing that. No. Just, say, just saying. Just saying. No chance. No chance. Because our owner's classy. Uh, so, here's the thing. Like, we don't have any Saints news to talk about. And there's really nothing going on. Uh, and me and Andrew, we'll, we'll start the, the, the Antonio Brown discussion. We'll bring that to Twitter, maybe. Uh, but here's the thing that I wanted to talk to you about uh, regarding the Saints. And we, and we may do uh, a mini podcast on it. But do you think – and I'm seeing this on Twitter. Like I think the most contentious offseason topic with the Saints is Teddy Bridgewater. Like I mention anything about Teddy Bridgewater on my personal account or the Saints Happy Hour. By the way, find us, search us, Saints Happy Hour Power, Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Uh Search it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You'll find us there. As soon as I get my video editing software, we'll get stuff posted to YouTube again. But, Andrew, it's fucking contentious. And I know we've been over it a bunch of times, but are you surprised at how contentious the arguing is over keeping Teddy Bridgewater, signing him long-term? Like, people are – it's contentious, and a lot of it is based on – he sucked the final game, so he's terrible. I don't want him as the future Saints quarterback, which is insane. My thought process is, on that is, if you want to, if you want to argue for him or against him, we can do that. But to base it on the la- the one game he played for the Saints, I think is crazy. But why do you think it's so fucking contentious over Teddy Bridgewater? Well, well, I mean, I so I totally agree with you that you cannot judge him based on that game you can't it's it's one game and the two tackles were literally picked up off the street they'll be in the uh, AAF next year 
Yeah, he was forced to throw the ball to Michael Thomas to get that record as opposed to, like, running a real play, you know? So, I I just think you can't really base it on that. But if you can't base it on that, then what else can you base it on? You know, so I I think it's a a hot topic. It's a difficult situation because it's not like you can just say, okay, well, we're going to wipe that clean. We're going to give him a pass for that. But what else can you really point to? I mean, none I, of us were really watching the Jets in the preseason, right? Well, I, I know he did, I did. He did okay in those games, but like as a Saints fan, like I can't expect Saints fans to go out of their way to be watching Jets preseason. I think the case for Teddy Bridgewater, if you wipe out the last game, is this: the Saints would say, "We've seen him all year. We saw what he did in practice. We believe he's healthy." So we believe he's healthy, and we believe he can be a top 12 quarterback. And if he's a top 12 quarterback and we can sign him for five years, $80 million, and pay him $5 million this year, so it's really four years, $75 million, which is nine, which is basically $19 million a year for four years. If you can get a top 12 quarterback for that, that is, you do it. That is bargain basement fucking prices for a quarterback. And here's the thing, here's the thing with my, my thing with Teddy Bridgewater. If you don't want Teddy Bridgewater and you're like, hey, he wasn't that good at Minnesota, I'm still worried about his knee, I don't want him, I'm like, that's cool. But here's the thing, it's more likely than not that the Saints aren't going to have Drew Brees as the quarterback in 2020. So what's your alternative to Bridgewater? And the thing is, the Saints... Yeah, because the Saints aren't tanking this year. Yeah, unless yeah. they go, unless things go, even if things go really, really wrong for the Saints, they're probably gonna still pick from like anywhere from five to ten, even if it shit goes really wrong. So you're not getting the top quarterback, right? If you're picking seven, so five, five to ten. So, so you even will if when you go, give up the twenty twenty. You will when you give up the twenty twenty two first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, the, the problem with that is, if teams above you need a quarterback, you almost there's nothing you can bid to move them off it, right? No, like that's if, true. Yeah, like if if the Saints pick sixth, and in t- the Saints pick sixth in 2020, and t- whatever two teams say say it's Arizona because they saw, they decide uh, Rosen isn't any good and. Um, the Giants. The Giants are like they went one more year of the and they're like they're they're picking one and two or one and three and they're like we need a quarterbacks we like the two that are there and there's two good there's two really good ones the Saints you can't move them off like because once they decide that that quarterback is their future there's like nothing the Saints can offer them to move them off of that pick right so it just becomes yeah. it just the Saints become in a difficult spot and that's why I think. To me, Bridgewater is the path, and I don't mind the commitment. I just find the the uh, vitriol on Twitter about Bridgewater very interesting. And I just think maybe – you know what it may, maybe it is, Andrew? Quarterback is always contentious, and we haven't really had a quarterback debate in for the Saints since the Saints signed Breeze, right? They, we haven't had a quarterback controversy or serious questions about it. And people love it, so they're just diving in with both – Dive, diving in head first to fucking well, argue about my thing my thing with my thing with Bridgewater first of all did you see that video of his one-handed interception of JT Barrett <laughs> I 
and then that, Sean that Payton was, was like, what are you doing? Yeah, what's going on out here? Yeah, I would give, uh, I would present that as uh, evidence. I would present that in evidence as to why uh, he, he looks pretty good to me. My main thing about Bridgewater is his knee. I actually liked him in Minnesota. I thought he was a pretty good quarterback, an ascending player, like good accuracy, showed some good things. So I'm inclined to believe like with more repetitions and more rhythm and more games where he's playing with actual weapons that teams have, that he'll still be good as long as he's healthy. And I, I thought he showed some athleticism in that start that he had. I thought, you know, obviously that interception he had was, I mean, he looked real athletic there. So I, I think the knee looks okay. And that's probably the b- most important thing for me. So that was enough to kind of convince me that he's a promising quarterback. I think the bottom line, Ralph, is the next guy, whoever it is, is not just uh, like even if you get Steve Young or Andrew Luck, like Steve Young, as great as he was, was not Joe Montana. And Andrew Luck is not Peyton Manning, as, as good as he is. And those are exciting players. Like that's the best case scenario. Actually, the best case scenario is probably Aaron Rodgers re- replacing Brett Favre. But besides that, like I just named like the three times it's happened where the backup, the, the replacement yeah. was even close to the Hall of Famer. Like every other time, it's been Hall of Famer replaced by garbage. And who remembers who was after Steve Young? It was Steve Bono, and then it was Elvis Gerbach, right? So, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even if you go one more, it's like the guy after the guy after the guy is terrible. So, yeah. like, we're not going to get Drew Brees again. Like, we need to get over that. We need to accept that. So, like, if you can get a top 10, top 15 QB, that's a big deal for the Saints. And I think Bridgewater could be that. If you told me that Bridgewater – is going to be a top 14 quarterback. And it was if you told me he's going to be the high the best he's going to be is the 7th rated quarterback, the lowest is he's going to be the 14th rated quarterback. That's all we're telling you. If I knew that information and I was the Saints, I would sign Teddy Bridgewater without knowing what Breeze was going to do. I would just be like, we're signing him, and Drew, you, this is it for you. And, and yeah. move along. Yeah, because, I mean, you're basically, like, that's better than Cam Newton. I, I would say that's like saying, I mean, who would be in that zone? I, I would say it's like saying, you're basically guaranteeing me that I'd get Matt Stafford after Drew Brees, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. And and the yeah. thing is, like, Matt Stafford, if you put him – I think if you put him with Sean Payton or Bill Belichick, I'm not saying that he would – he could – Sean Payton is so good, he could work with that. I think I think Stafford – he has limitations like everybody – every most quarterbacks do that aren't just like Hall of Fame level. But you put him with a really good coach and he'd be good. You know, Carson Palmer was kind of trash – or, or up and down with Cincinnati, right? He got with Bruce Arians when he was broken down, right? When he was healthy, Bruce Arians got a lot out of him, and that's because Bruce Arians is a really good coach, and and I think Sean Payton is a better coach than Arians, you know? Um, so it's yeah. just I, – No, I, I, just, I just think we, we have to – no one can expect a Hall of Famer. It's, it's The odds are stacked against 
the Saints getting even a top three quarterback. They don't fall off trees. If you can get a top 15 guy, that's a win. That, that will keep you competitive, and then you just have to hope that the guy progresses, that good coaching helps him improve, and that this roster is strong enough to support him. That's, I mean, that's got to be the path after Breeze. Yeah, I mean, but it's going to be contentious. And you know what? Free agency is getting down to the nitty-gritty, and I think the Saints – uh, you know, me, me and Andrew, we were doing the we were doing the pre-planning meeting. You know, the week this weekend and today, we were trying to figure out well, what four topics are we going to talk about for the daily podcast, which you should sign up for at seven dollars. Uh, and you know, I was throwing out topics, and you said, "Hey, let's leave one slot open because they're going to have breaking news, right? They got to do something." I think that was like a prayer from you, just wanting wanting something new to talk about. But the more <laughs> I think about it, Andrew, like they've got to do something. Like they need to, if if they're going to make if they're going to try to make even – not even like a giant move, if they're just going to make a couple of moderate moves, they're going to need to clear up cap space. So that means they'll need to do something like extend said, add dummy years to Breeze, extend, sign Ingram. Like they're going to have to do something to create a little bit more cap space, I think. Is that un- – Definitely. So if, if I said to you, here's $50 – Go to Vegas and bet on the move that they would do to free up more cap space before March 13th. What move do you think it will be? Well, the add dummy years to Breeze is, I mean, they do that every year. So that's the obvious one to me. Um, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll basically lower his cap hit and that gives them immediate relief, um, which is, which should be significant and, a no-brainer, in my opinion. The next guy for me is Morstead, and you do the same thing, and you know that allows you some cap flexibility. Um, you could also do it in you know, Armstead and Jordan, or guys you could manipulate with a little bit. You know, Jordan's probably a guy I try to maybe give him money now and reduce his cap number, knowing that he's going to be around. I'm not sure I mess with Armstead, you know, just because obviously he's so banged up. Um, you know, the last thing is, what are they going to do with Andres Pete? You know, he he's a $10 million cap hit this year. So Pete's the one that really stands out to me um, because they can sign him long-term. Uh, they could give him a five-year deal and really reduce that number, or they could trade him. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I, think, I think my guess is... They keep Pete, and they lower his cap number significantly, and they do the Enron Mickey Loomis special with Drew Brees, where it's dummy, dummy years inside avoidable years inside of an Easter egg, and his cap number is like eight dollars and twenty cents when it's all done. Yeah. Um. So, look, I had a fun question, but Dave and Kevin aren't here, but we're going to do it anyway because we can't do it next week. Uh, who would be the best Saints player to be a drunken Mardi Gras king in 2019? And I put way too much thought on this, but I f- forgot to email everybody. My answer for who Does I— Does it have to be a current Saint player? It, it, I, it has to be a current Bobby Hebert is too— Bobby Hebert is No, Bobby Hebert is like— He's too he's too obvious and he's like Hall of Fame, right? But cuz you want him you don't want him to be a king of a parade and you want him to be shit-faced during the parade and having fun. I thought about Sean Payton, but then I was like, "Nah, I don't think Sean Payton." 
my guy that I wanted is Thomas Morstead because I think he's got the good guy image. But I, in my mind, I thought I think if you get him shit faced, he would just start going off about the Minnesota miracle, about how he had to go out there for the extra point, and how the refs got the refs fucked the Saints, and he's got the social media accounts, so he would be doing it live on Facebook and Twitter and, and all that stuff, and he could be I don't think he'd be mean, I think he'd be a fun drunk screaming at the crowd, getting them to chant we got fucked and all that, so my my guy that I would <laughs> want to see be Marty, drunken Mardi Gras King in 2019 was Thomas, my guy was Thomas Morstead, which was an out of the box one uh, My guy would be Taysom Hill because he's not allowed to drink Oh, that's a great choice. (laughs) (laughs) And if New Orleans was able to kind of, uh, you know, sully (laughs) Taysom Hill, you know, and basically make him uh, question his own religion and uh, become one of us because he loves New Orleans and the Saints so much, I mean, that would just be awesome. You know, he'd be like, even even if it was just for one night and then he was back to being Mormon. You know? Yeah, like, like I could see Taysom Hill like in the middle of the parade, being f- shirtless in his boxers, holding a flambeau, and <laughs> and he's only had like a beer and a half, right? I think that would be amazing. My second choice was Kamara because I think Kamara he's just fun, but I but that dude looks like he knows how to party, like yes. Like, I don't think he's – like, it would take a lot to get him drunk. So you want people that, like, you think when they get drunk, they get a little loose, they get a little happy. I pick said, but your choice of Taysom Hill, that's about as strong as it can get. All right, so before we get out of here, uh, I got to get to um, the – uh, Saints Happy Hour questions, which, as Andrew would tell you, I forgot uh, last week, Andrew, <laughs> and we had to do a free podcast for the folks, uh, which is free to everybody. Check it out. We answered a bunch of fun questions like, should the Saints sign more LSU players and all that. But before we get to that, I want to remind you about mybookie.com. Uh, Go to mybookie.com and you, they will match your cash deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code HAPPY25 to activate this offer. They match it dollar for dollars and give you 25 more. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code HAPPY25 when creating your account to claim up to 1000 in free play. You play, you win, you get paid. Restrictions apply. Uh, all right, Andrew, let's knock out these questions. This is from uh, Chef Ubre, who is going to do a Saints drunk, a drunk Saints ha- a drunk Saints history episode. Uh, we are planning them eventually. Andrew, can I just say this really? Or, Andrew, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I want to say we've had the people that have won the drunk history. We announced them, and I've had of the five people that are going to do it, two of them have been like Ralph. I need more time I'm still sad about the NFC championship game <laughs> and I'm like you know they're patrons I'm not going to tell them oh, they, support. They, they support the show they're the $25 donation they won the lottery I'm like take as much as you need but maybe it'll heal you but I got two of the five they're like man I need more time I'm like okay I mean so it's, it's dark times out there man 
Uh, but he asked, who is your NFL team equivalent of the Game of Thrones factions? Belichick is Cersei, obviously, but who are the Saints? Uh, the Saints are the Starks. You got, I don't watch that, so you got to The Saints yeah, are the Starks. The Starks are, like, so close to getting everything they want, but they always get fucked over, like the Red Wedding um, and different things. So I would say the Starks, although the Saints, the Starks are kind of honorable. Like, Ned was really honorable. The Saints get fucked over, but I wouldn't say the Saints, like, they get screwed over by the NFL, but the Saints are kind of arrogant and bend the rules and walk along the line of like what's legal what's not so i wouldn't say the saints are as honorable as the starks but it's, it's similar um here's a, do you watch the bachelor uh no no so balky absolutely you, not they say who wins the bachelor andrew doesn't watch the bachelor my wife doesn't watch better this is from dylan no, what I... happens what happens first tom brady retires or the saints happy hour podcast changes the intro hey dylan Maybe you need to start listening. We got a new fucking open the last two weeks, buddy. And it's supposed to be temporary, but it might be last a while. Yeah, no, you no, you need to, you need to <laughs> get, some, get something new. Event. I'm getting yeah. sicker by the minute, though, so it may be one more week. But uh, it's gonna. we'll have a new one by the end of March. This is from Balky. Why does my two-year-old want mommy to help him with everything except comb his hair only dad, only daddy is allowed to comb his hair. I don't know. My kid, um, my kid, he doesn't re- request special things from me, uh, like changing and all that. But he does only request music when he's in the car with me. Like when he's with his mom, he doesn't request certain songs. Do your do your kids have certain things? Yeah. That they for you absolutely no there there's like for example when my daughter's in the car with my wife my wife she uh she wants taylor swift and when she's in the car with me she knows like we listen to rock and roll so she'll, she'll ask for a, so she'll ask for a rock tune so yeah i mean there's definitely that's that's like that that doesn't end man like my son is eight and my daughter is five and it, it only gets like your two-year-old is only going to get double down on there's stuff I do with mom. There's stuff I do with dad. And yeah, that only gets more pronounced as we get older. Well, here's the thing with my kid is that um, I refuse to play kid music in the car. So like, really, there's none of it. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of similar. I, I have I have given in a few times, but for the most part, yeah, that's my wife's the, the, deal. The, the downside of no kid music in the car is my kid only likes me to play three songs and he requests them on a loop. He requests LSU, the fight song, but really he only likes the first 35 seconds of the fight song. So when the first 35 seconds are over, he wants it again. He likes the Batman theme from the Dark Knight Returns. He likes the drums at the beginning. And his new favorite song is Frank Sinatra, Fly Me to the Moon. And he knows the lyrics, so he sings it. So it's fucking adorable. Uh, so, but that's a brutal say, song to listen to a lot, though. I mean, I love Frank Sinatra. So, but like the other day when when I drove him, like me, we went to the restaurant and back. 
I heard it like eight times. So I mean, it's a little bit it's a, it's a little bit excessive. Like I I've come to appreciate uh, the subtlety in Frank Sinatra "Fly Me to the Moon." Uh, this is yeah. It's for my son. It's uh, well, it was uh, Imagine Dragons. I was listening to that a ton in my car, and I mean, it's fine. It's better than most top forty stuff, but a... I was pretty sick of it. This is an interesting question. Thinking of the current Anthony Davis situation, who was a player that the fans desperately wanted off the Saints while he was still on the team? Brandon Browner doesn't count. I mean, Jason David? Yeah. It's always it's always a corner, isn't it? I mean, Aaron Brooks. Definitely Aaron Brooks. Yeah, um, I mean, they were done with Aaron Brooks in 05. But yeah, no, the vitriol, it's always a corner. It's like whatever guy is getting burned in the secondary is always who the fan base hates the most. Every fan base has a dude that they hate. Yeah. You know, like if I mean, maybe, maybe a shaky kicker, maybe a shaky kicker. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Saints haven't had that in a while. I'm trying to think. Probably Chip Low Miller, man. People wanted his ass off the team. It's a long time ago. I mean, Olindo Mare, remember Olindo him? Olindo Mare, yeah, yeah. Grammatica, who the, the who was the kicker that they had from Wisconsin that he missed the kick? They cut, they dropped him in the ocean on the way back from London. Melhouse. Oh, Taylor Melhouse, yeah, yeah, Taylor Melhouse. That was a dude. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like. Yeah, see, he, it's never like an offensive lineman or a linebacker, you know. Charles Brown. <laughs> People wanted that yeah, dude was, off the team. Yeah, he like, was disliked, yeah. Yeah, he even broke Sean Payton. You know, that that's – you said – and I know you're right. Usually it's not offensive lineman, but I would think the, if the recent guy, he's a pretty good choice. So here's a, Tom, is, Tommy Lee Lewis is pretty hated. Yeah, poor Tommy Lee. He's a he's an iconic saint now. Uh, this is from Saint James, and that's let's talk. Like, do you? Th- I think Tommy Lee Lewis is is going to end up being one of the ten most iconic saints ever. Yeah, I mean, he's Not on the wrong of side good. of that. Yeah, but I mean, you you can't really blame him for how that all went down. No, but it's just he did his job. He did his job there. You know, if anything, you know, he he he's a hero if that flag gets thrown, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but he's he's. I think he's going to be a top ten all time known saint that'll just roll off the tongue of people. This is from Saint James. Is it possible Falcon fans are secretly? on our side just when we get down as a franchise they're always to, there to remind us as they suck so much more by the way uh, Falcon fans were getting on Arthur, Arthur Blank because he bought a 180 million dollar yacht this week um, here's the thing about the Falcons St. James I believe they are on the precipice of being a complete and utter disaster and blowing that shit up because if they have another year of seven and nine, and their defense is a train wreck, Dan Quinn is a defensive coach, and the thing is, well, he's Sean, he's their defensive coordinator this year. It's it's all on him now. Yeah, the thing is, Sean Payton, even when the Saints were going seven and nine, like it wasn't because of the offense, which was his thing, right? We were like, you got to get a defensive coordinator. But the thing is, for Dan Quinn, it's like if Atlanta will look at him and be like, dude. 
Your defense sucks again. What is the point of having you fucking here? You're a defensive guy, and they will fire his ass to the fucking moon. So I think, I think there's a non-zero chance that Atlanta's doing everything again. I just love that they're wasting this uh, this Matt Ryan Julio window with a defensive coordinator as a coach. I love it. Uh, I think their window is their window. It was the Super Bowl year, the year after, and this past year, and I think it slammed shut. I think the same thing happened with the Saints, you know, 2017, 2018, and 2019, and then the window shuts because you have to start paying dudes. Well, I'm just really glad that Kyle Shanahan's (laughs) not their head coach. (laughs) Should the Saints trade for Rosen after the Cards draft Murray? No, no, no. Absolutely not. Rosen is terrible. Rosen is bad. He was bad. I mean, even by like met when you like measure him versus other rookie quarterback like in history, he 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 was bad. Now the thing about like I, I get that some people might still believe in him and like people can get better and all that, so like it's fine. But like all I've seen so far is that he's the worst quarterback in the league by far. Who who the but, worst? I mean, the worst. Like worse than Josh much, Allen. Awful. How much of Rosen being terrible uh, as compared to Goff, can he be fixed like Goff was fixed by McVay? You know? It's possible. I I mean, the main thing of, I, I think about Rosen coming out is that people kind of question how interested he was in football. Yeah. Like, how seriously he took yeah. it. And, you know, that I think Goff had some similar concerns, but, like, man, all I know is every time I watched that, game play, that guy play, I looked at a pretty talented roster. Now, granted, the offensive line was banged up, and offensively they didn't have a ton, but, like, Arizona's got some good players. That's not a team that should be going 3-10 and 10 with him as a starter. I mean, that's a team that should win more than three games based on the talent they have, and... For them, I mean, for them to go three and ten with him as a starter, that kind of says it all. Like he's a total liability, and he's the reason they lost. They're going to be, they are going to be so fun to watch this year, and not in a good way that they're going to be good, but they're going to have Kingsbury, and Cliff Kingsbury, that dude had. Um, Baker I think Mayfield. it's going to totally blow up in their face. I and, really do. Dude, he had. Uh, the NFL MVP and couldn't even get the bowls, dude. You know? like Yeah, I mean, you know, you make a good point, though, about Goff. I mean, Goff really was god-awful his first year. I mean, just awful. And then last year, the improvement was significant. No, I So, think I mean, the- he's gotten better every year. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, McVay. I I know that we we made fun of the Rams because they they shit themselves in the Super Bowl, but <clears throat> McVay is a really good coach, and I think he's almost like the quarterback and the coach of that team because he has to, you know, Goff goes up and does the play clock right, and and McVay he does the play early. And McVay tells him what it is before the fifteen seconds, and then he runs the play how McVay tells him to run it. And he doesn't really ab lib or any doing that. And the Patriots kind of had a game plan to to fuck with Goff's head, 
and McVay couldn't figure it out because it's hard to be the coach and the quarterback. And it weird it weirdly made me respect McVay more after that. But um, this wraps up this episode. We we're out of questions. Uh, the last thing I, I want to say is, you know, we we talk about free agency. We talk about this. We're gonna we're gonna do uh, more fun shows as we go along uh, to get you ready for free agency. Uh, is there? Give me a quick prediction, Andrew, of a guy of the Saints free agents that you are pretty sure is going to leave. Mm, that they're not PJ, PJ Williams. I think he's a guy that just, you know, they can't really get rid of Patrick Robinson based on his contract. So he, he's coming back. I think he's kind of their nickel guy. And I just think PJ is a guy that based on his season, based on the way corners have been getting paid, um, he'll get overpaid and the Saints will let him walk. I don't know, man. I, I want to say yes, just because they may let PJ walk in principle. I don't know, man. PJ's, PJ's DUI uh, makes me think that there's a more of a chance that he'll be back. My guy that I think is definitely going to leave and it breaks my heart is Okafor. I just think some team is going to look at him and be like, yeah, we'll give you $7 million a year for three years, Alex. Come on down. And, and the Saints are going to be like, dude, we're sorry. Thanks for the memories. Um, but anyway, for Dave, who's at a dinner, for Kevin, who's MIA, for Andrew, uh, thanks for supporting us. Do the $7 a month. It's awesome. You get extra shows. You should do it. So until next week, the bar is closed.